seriously popular. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. As the Premier League season is about to get underway, we tell you why all subs should be banned after 85 minutes, how Roy Keane once terrified me by doing absolutely nothing, and why Chris Sutton is George Michael and I'm the blonde one from ABBA. I'm Ian Lederman, he isn't. This is the new podcast from Mail Sport. It's all kicking off. Chris, City have already lost the Community Shield to Arsenal. I don't expect them to lose many more games this season. This is their title to lose once again, is it not? Well, I think so. It's hardly groundbreaking, uh, you saying that. Um, did they not lose the Community Shield last season to Liverpool and everybody was writing Haaland off who missed a big opportunity? They always find a way, Manchester City, and they're my tips. They do always lose the Community Shield. The Community Shield is probably the biggest waste of time in English football, <laughs> I would suggest. I think they should just give some money to charity and not play, and not play, not play the game and just get really? on with the season. Do we see a threat coming from anywhere other than a team maybe like Arsenal who ran them close last year? Um, look, Pep always finds a way to evolve. I mean, the, the concern for City would be uh, no Gundogan there, no Mares there. Looks like Guardiola is, is coming at the back. Um, but can they can they replace a player of Gundogan's? Um, Ilk Kovacic has gone in, but is a slightly different midfielder. Cole Palmer may be able to step up, but uh, I still make them you know strong favourites. There, there's strength in depth uh, within the team. I, 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 Arsenal have made changes, but I don't think they've made. I'm not. I, I'm not as excited about the Arsenal transfer window as most. Now it's it's hard to retain a Premier League title, isn't it? Oh uh, well, it hasn't been for Manchester City. It was in for recent Black, times. It was for Blackburn. You won the title in 95. Mm. Your attempt to defend it the next year didn't go so well. You finished seventh. Now, tell me about the pressures of trying to retain a title. City have made it an art form, but it's difficult, isn't it? I can't believe you're, you're trawling all the way back uh, to uh, to that era. Um, look, I mean, at that particular time for, for um, Blackburn Rovers, we didn't really strengthen. Uh, I know Sir Alex Ferguson was always big on you know strengthening after the, the dead won a title. We didn't, and of course Kenny Dalglish stepped down as manager, which was I think had something to do with it. I think we were lucky to finish seventh in the end. We had a disastrous start. 
Um, but this, this this City team under Pep, they 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 have just found a way of evolving. You know, won a title with no strikers, then they bring a proper striker in and uh, they win it comfortably. So, I suppose we'll be in for another surprise this season because he you know always finds a way to do it. I, I cannot see one of the so-called challengers showing the consistency really to uh, to to maybe uh, challenge Manchester City. I see what you've done there. You've pushed me away from the Blackburn conversation, (laughs) but I'm going to pull you all the way back to Blackburn conversation because the statistics of that season when you tried and failed dismally to defend Mm. your title were extraordinary. Alan Shearer scored 31 league goals for a team who finished seventh. Mm. Um, His partner in crime from the previous year, Chris Sutton, didn't score at all. Yeah, that's because of change of change of manager. What you, what you did, down to? Well, <laughs> refused to play. Did you? Can you remember that season well? Can you? Uh, yeah. No change. Change of uh, uh, Ray Harford came in, and we didn't particularly get on. So it was your. It was his fault. <laughs> it was. Yeah. He was a good coach. Man City season gets underway this Friday with a trip to Turf Moor where they will play Burnley. Burnley, of course, managed by former City captain Vincent Company, and this week, Mail Sports Charlotte Daily went along to Lancashire to talk to him. I think it's crucial that we play against the best best teams and um, I mean I've said it before but if I can play this game every single week I will. It's something extremely, you know, it's, it's exactly the type of challenge that makes you reach a next step and for us we're looking forward to this game, we're embracing it and you know City will always be a special game for me but you can ask me the question in 30 years it's still going to be a special game, um, but at this moment in time, I want everyone here at Burnley to to enjoy the opportunity. Let's let's just see. Let's enjoy the opportunity and and put up a fight. And 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 whatever happens, we can win this game. We'll still want to learn and improve. We can lose this game. We'll still want to learn and improve. Exactly. And I have to ask, Pep Guardiola. He is something extraordinary. Yeah. What is it that makes him so great? <laughs> Having played under him, what is it? You know, everything you read in books about how you have to be to achieve success, you know, he obviously lives by it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think he's, um, he's able to make people around him better and he's, able, he's, he's, he's very clear in his ideas. And when others are resting or thinking, you know, he's going to take a bit of a nap and a breather and, and, you know, look around him in comfort, he, he carries on. Um, but it's difficult to do, uh, but he does it. And we'll have more of that conversation on next week's show. But in the meantime, check out the new Sky Sports four-part documentary, Mission to Burnley. Now, Chris, Burnley will be happy to finish fourth from bottom this season, I would imagine. Others will have. Will they? I would think so, wouldn't you? That's a bit of an assumption, isn't it? Would they not be hoping to finish higher than I think it's an, I think it's an assumption based on fact and that the, the first season after promotion is often one of the hardest. It depends hard, how high your bar one. is. You've, you've got a low bar. I, I bet Vincent Company isn't just thinking about finishing fourth from bottom, but you carry on. Anyway, there's a few uh, Manchester United stories around this week. Uh, the new striker, Rasmus Holland, has arrived with a long-term back injury. We are led that, to, That's incredible led in to itself, believe. isn't it? Yeah. Um, a, a lot's been made about this signing. Is it 70-odd million, yeah. all in all, is it? Um, looking at his record, I do, you know, it's, it, it's not like uh, Haaland signing for Manchester City where he'd signed for them with um, you know, a real goal-scoring pedigree. Atalanta, I don't think he got into double figures or maybe nine goals or 30-odd games. I mean, that's not an incredible 
uh, strike rate as such. So I, I think it'll be a work in progress. What doesn't help is if he's come with a back injury because you go to a big club, you have to hit the ground running and that's going to be his issue. One of the great debates already before the season has started has been the issue of added time, which you have uh, spoken about or written about in our pages in recent days. We're already seeing matches that are going to kind of 100 minutes and beyond because referees have been instructed to add time on for all the curses of the modern game, Mm -hmm. cheating, feigning of injuries, taking too long over goal kicks, tactical substitutions. I'm all for it. Players need to learn. If you're going to cheat the public by only attempting to play for 50 minutes of a 90-minute game, then this is what you will get. I think your view is slightly different. Um, it, It is... I was I was with you 100% up until I saw comments from uh, Pep and I, th- I think Kevin De Bruyne and I think Varane's obviously come out and, and spoken about it as well. Um, and I thought the interesting thing that Pep said is there was no, no consultation with managers, uh, with players. Why should there be? Um, because uh, this is an entertainment business. Everybody's talking about the Premier League being the most entertaining uh, league in the world and everybody wants the best product. So, you know, basically, as far as I can see, Kevin De Bruyne, Varane, Pepper saying, well, do you know what? If we're going to have tired players, injured players, you're not going to get the, the, the best product. So I think I think things... Uh, may need to be tweaked as a maximum of five substitutions yeah. now, right? So, so you know, eventually in time they may have to bring eleven substitutions or ten substitutions, which which, which can be made. Mate, you talk about an entertainment in- industry, right? What is entertaining about a substitute that takes ninety seconds? Because because managers and coaches I know, agree. I agree managers and coaches know that only thirty seconds will be added on for that. What is entertaining? We can tweak that. What is entertaining about players staying down when they're not injured? Agree. What is entertaining about goalkeepers taking with a minute? I agree with over, you. So th- why should we consult managers over this? They brought this on themselves. I'm I'm not going to argue with your actual you know the principle of uh, you know of what you're saying, but you you also can't deny that 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 there there won't be uh, more injuries to players because there will be, and, and also you know the product thing is really important, the entertainment factor. You know you will be the first to moan if the standard of football in the Premier League isn't as good as it should be. So so then the so then so the, so, the so there needs to be there needs to be a balance. It, That's you know what, what I'm it saying. It's an it's an excuse. It's an excuse from the big clubs. They should never have been given the opportunity to have five substitutions. That is a cheat. That is a cheat charter. That is a cheat charter. I'll give you I, that. Yep. I would ban all substitutions after the 85th minute in Premier League matches but that's, because that, that, you are a caveman. Why? What do you mean? I don't, I don't look like one. A little caveman. A very small I mean, ca- a cave but, but boy. That, but that that is just that. that I mean that is. I what? mean it really is. Why? It, it, it's it's naive. It's stupid. But so you're saying so if a player. Has, is uh, heavily cramped, and you would say, "No, you can't come off. You've got to stay on." Because they need You've got to, to stay most, on. Get, get injured. Most get substi- injured. Most then sub- you'll be moaning about most the, the substitutions product. after 85, 85th minute are done to waste time, and they need and then something you, uh, needs to be done. Stop it. Yeah, 85th minute is near the end of the game. Hence, why managers make substitutions because players are fatigued. But most this of them isn't, are, this but isn't, so many are done to waste time, Chris. This isn't to like to waste a, time. This isn't like you and your mates playing a five aside. Up in up in Manchester, walking, somewhere walk, where, walking, yeah, yeah. walking football. Walking football. I always played walking <laughs> football, by the way. <laughs> these these are serious athletes, and and that's you know, and and that's 
That's the whole point. We need to protect our players. You know, I was a very, a very, very handy five-a-side goalkeeper back in my day. <laughs> I can imagine. Could you touch the ball? <laughs> but yeah. I was in real trouble when I moved to secondary school and they introduced the big goals. I was just really, <laughs> really, really, really... All of a sudden, I was playing right back. Yeah, I can I'll imagine. tell you about my career once. I was the worst player. I was the worst player on the worst team that Birchall High School had ever fielded. We won once in two years. Once right. in two years. And when we did, they got us on. They got us up on stage to give us a round of applause. <laughs> round of applause. Yeah, that's right, it's character building. Absolutely, right? worked for me. Now, let's talk a little bit about Manchester United again. One of my favourite footballing characters, Roy Keane. Now, I think this is um, a really interesting story. Manchester United have launched yet another kit. And Roy Keane, the kind of anti-corporate man, he of the kind of great prawn sandwich outbursts many, many years ago, has taken United's shilling to appear in the advert. I think it's interesting and goes against the way that Keane sets himself up in public these days of kind of a bit of a man of the people, kind of, you know, old school. And there he is on an advert for a new football kit, which, which kids are going to have to, you know, parents are going to have to shell out 80 quid to buy. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous to, to, to slam him for that. Would, here's one for you. Would you say it to his face? That's, no, I, just, from, just, from just, a distance, just. from a distance, from a distance. I have to say, Roy, Roy Keane is one, one of the few people who actually, sca- he's actually scared me one day simply by ignoring, simply by ignoring me. I, I, I was, I was in, an, in an airport and I think he, we must have been at the same game for him for TV and I saw him coming the other way. Now, I wouldn't for one minute suggest that Roy remembers who I am from my days covering Manchester United, but he might have known my face. And I just knew he was going to going to ignore me. And the kind of hair stood up on the back of my... Because I didn't know how he was going to do it. He was going to deliberately look the other way or just give me one of those kind of stares. But, um, yeah, actually, I don't think you want... You don't, you, you're a bit wary of criticising him, aren't you? No, no, I'm not. He's always been all right with me when I've, when I've played against him. Uh, they normally beat us. That's probably why. He came to Celtic for a couple of weeks when, um, when Gordon Strachan... Took over, and and I, I suppose the perception of him within the dressing room was, you know, really strong, fiery character, great player, great leader. That he was going to come in and and be really vocal. He, uh, you know, absolutely wasn't that. He came in, kept his head down, trained hard, and was, you know, was was pretty quiet. Which I'm not saying that that greatly surprised me. People, people, you know, have a problem with Roy Keane because he's, you know, forthright. Uh, with with his opinions, but I always quite like that. And we've spoken about Craig Bellamy in the past, you mm-hmm. know, and a lot of people always felt Craig rubbed people up the wrong way. But it's only because you know both <clears throat> Keane and Bellamy had really high standards and demanded that from other people. I don't have a problem with that. I think of all the players that I've seen play in my twenty five years doing this job, I think Keane is probably the best. Play that I've ever but seen you just whammed life. him, and now you're trying no. to now, just in case on the off chance he's listening. Well, then he walks, then he walks through then... the door any minute. <laughs> now, I do now my, probably every, every journalist who's ever ever covered Manchester United or been anywhere near Manchester United in that time has got a Roy, Roy Keane story, and I do have a Roy Keane story, which I'm going to tell you because essentially I can because I'm in charge here. Well, the uh, airport story was good. That was okay, nice. but so. Keane, when Keane's second book was was published about uh, ten years ago, um, we all went over to Dublin for the for the launch, and it was when Keane was going through that geography teacher uh, phase with the kind of fisherman's beard and the <laughs> tweed jacket mm. and all the rest of it. But um, 
And he was there that day to promote the book. And he, he stood on, on the stage and did the opening press conference and absolutely assassinated everybody that he could think <laughs> of because he was there to mm. promote the book. So he assassinates Fergie, he assassinates uh, Mick McCarthy, he assassinates uh, Alfinger Harland. You know, he's in classic keen form. And then it comes to do a little bit what we call breakout session with the daily newspapers. And, and we sat around a round table to do it. And obviously sitting around a round table, two people have got to sit either side of him. Mm. So and I, was, I was by chance one of them. So I'm here and Keane's there. And they talk about the book and about his stories and bits and pieces. And I just say to him, I look at him and say, I said, I was quite um, interested to see that you've admitted in the book that the first single that you ever bought was Karma Chameleon by Culture Club. And he just looked at me and said, I was 11. <laughs> I wish I could do the accent, but I can't. He said, I was 11. And he didn't take his eye off me. I said, yeah, but I was, he said, I was 11. Mm. I was like, well, I'm, he said, what was yours? And I thought, oh, yeah. he's got me now. He's got me now. And so I said, it was, um, I said, it was, um, does your mother know by Abba? <laughs> and he just said, why am I not effing surprised? <laughs> <laughs> And the whole table just <laughs> fell because he's, you know, he's got me there, and you know, I've walked right into yeah. that trap. You know, that kind of look that he gives you, that that mm. withering look that you normally get at home when you've left your socks on the floor or you've forgotten to open the kitchen door and the dogs had a pee on the lino or something like that. So, you know? you, so I'm giving you the chance to change tact now on Keane because he clearly intimidates you. So, do you want do you want to retract what you've said? No, I still it? think that uh, that that Keen taking United's money is really really interesting because I didn't think nothing wrong with it. People do it all people do it all the time, you know. But I didn't think it's didn't don't think it sits that well with the modern image that we have of of Roy Keane. But United fans will be delighted that he's back on side. They'll be absolutely delighted that he's that, that he's back on side because they've seen him as a critic for quite a while. It's a lovely, it's a lovely kit, by the way. It's it's a little bit like that old uh, Liverpool kit of the seventies and eighties, the white with the red trim and all the rest of it. Anyway, that leaves us straight into a bit of chat about Liverpool because I think this is a huge season for them this time round. Um, they struggled last year, as you know. I think if they struggle again this time, then we might be witnessing the start, or indeed the start of the end, or the end of the Jurgen Klopp. Era. I'm not sure that he'll hang around if Liverpool don't do well in the first six, seven months of this season. I'm not so sure that the owners, you know, I mean, they would have a big decision to make if uh, if, if they don't recover. I would agree with you there. Um, I think their issue, all the good attacking players which they've got, they've lost a lot of midfielders. I think the recruitment has, you know, been okay. McAllister and Shobber's line. Yeah. I think I've said that. Good pronunciation. I've said that I'm glad probably. you tried that. I think the key for them, though... What, I don't know what you think, um, Virgil van Dijk. If he gets his form back, I think that they're going to, you know, they will have a really good season. But he wasn't right last season; hasn't been since he's come back from the injury. Uh, and if he he doesn't recover, then I think that they will have a leaky defence again. What do you think Klopp would do though? That, that that's that's the that's the point. But, I I sensed last season that Klopp was getting to that kind of point where he was beginning to kind of churn inside and really start to struggle with it a little bit despite the kind of positive the, yeah they recovered though didn't they yes they did uh, uh, well, yes they did reco recovered of, you know recovery of sorts um no i you know i i, I totally get it but I, and I think the fans, because of his record, have always stuck with him. And you know, is that such a, a you know, a, 
such a positive time. They're such a good time. They've been so consistent. They had a blip last season, but now it's about recruitment, whether it works for them and whether they can bounce back. But I, but I, I totally agree in terms of if they fall away, then I think that he will have a decision to make himself. But also, I think that, I think the fans may change their feelings towards him and think, well, you've done great for however many years, but was that eight years? It's his eighth year, mm. I think. Uh, but now it, it may be time to have a new voice. Let's see. Anyway, uh, one player who will be crucial to Liverpool's chances of success this season is the defender come midfielder Trent Alexander-Arnold and our chief sports writer Oliver Holt travelled to Frankfurt in Germany during pre-season to have a chat with him. I embrace responsibility on and off the pitch um, and I see myself as a senior player now. I've played between 250-300 games um, and I've, I've came through and I've, I've felt the different stages and how it's felt and I feel like now um, I've, I'm embracing responsibility. I take full responsibility for my actions, my role within the team but also you know how the team perform and how we set standards off and off on and off the pitch, um, and I play a role in that, in making sure that I drive standards every day, um, and make sure as a club and as a team we're pushing to be the best that we can be. That was Trent Alexander Arnold on the art of leadership, and you can read. Uh, Everything that Trent said to Oliver Holt in that interview across our digital platforms this Saturday. And you can also read it in our new Saturday pullout called Match Day. You could maybe learn a thing or two off Trent on leadership. I could certainly learn a thing or two from Oliver Holt, that's for sure. Now, still on Merseyside, I think Everton could go down this year. I think it all depends on um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Uh, he's, he's had two seasons where he hasn't really found his rhythm. He was big for them at the end of, of last season. Remember covering the game at, uh, at Brighton? I think that was his maybe his third or fourth game in a row. Uh, and, you know, they ended up winning 5-1. But just the way he led the line, I think he's crucial. If he can play 30 games, then I think Everton will stay up. The key signing or the most high-profile signing this summer has been Aston Young from Aston Villa. You know, they've lost Tom Davis, they've lost... He's nearly as old as you. Absolutely, they've lost... Absolutely, he's almost 43. They've lost uh, <laughs> Con, They've lost Connor Cody. They've lost Yerry Mina. Yeah, but they, they lost, start, lost Connor Cody through choice. Hmm? Well, he's gone. Whether they could, Who right. knows whether, whether they could afford to keep him to make it permanent, that deal, who knows. The fact is that that Everton squad is worse than the one that finished... Mina's gone. The, the, is worse than the one that finished last season. And I think that is, you know, they are... They are facing a heck of a battle. And what a shame that would be. They've got a new stadium coming online for the season after. Imagine playing there in the Championship. Hmm? No. no. Never, never played in the Championship. Anyway, look, that's almost it for this week. God. But, um, we do have to finish with something slightly different. I'm going to talk to you about initiation ceremonies, which sounds like something that might happen in the army, but it's not. There's a bit of a modern thing in football that players have modern to kind thing, of yeah. stand up and sing a song when they first join a club. Now, that would absolutely terrify me. But was that a thing when you when you were a player? That kind of standing up in the canteen, singing when you joined a club? Did you have to do that when you joined Chelsea or Blackburn or Celtic? I don't think I did for some reason. Um, no, I don't think I did. Have a have a song, but it, you know there were initiate various initiations. Can we talk about anything? No. Anything clean enough to talk about? 
No, no, absolutely not. But he, he had the, the Swindon guy. What a voice he had. Well, this is, you're kind of getting ahead of me a little bit here. And this is why we are talking about this. A defender who last week moved from Forest Green to Swindon. And when Swindon went to Colchester to play the first game in the AFL this weekend, the game was called off waterlogged pitch. But in the dressing room afterwards, mm. Malifi did this. What would I do without your smile mouth? Drawing me in and you kicking me out. Well, I've been doing this job for... 25 years um, I've become quite cynical about many parts of football over the years that is absolutely magnificent and I think an absolutely well, what, I mean I'm not knocking Swindon but in many respects he maybe should think about you know having a career in singing rather than at Swindon disrespectful to lower league football which I would well it's not have you been to Swindon I, would, I have been to Swindon <laughs> back in my so days on local nice, nice place absolutely what would your song be what would if, my if song you, be? If you had to stand up and sing a song, what would it be? Oh, something easy like Jumping Jack Flash from the Rolling Stones or something like that would probably kind of suit my kind of abilities on the dance floor, my kind of lithe, generally lithe appearance. What about you? I will survive. Time will tell. On that. I was actually going to ask you before when we were doing the Roy Keane. That's the end now, we're No, it's not actually. No, we, no, no we're finished. I've got, I'm coming back for more. This is our added time. This is our 10 minutes of added time. For <laughs> yeah, your, but you don't, you don't want added time. These are our 10 minutes of added time for your, te- your time wasting. So when I asked Roy, when I talked to Roy Keane about the first record he ever bought, what was yours? Don't tell me that it was... I've got a brand new combine harvester by the by the Wurzels or whoever it was. I think, Come on, who was it? I think it was a Wham, but I can't remember. Oh, no. I can't. No, it was. So I've got you down as a, Gen- a Genesis man or Def yeah, Leppard or Straight. REO Speedwagon or something yeah, terrible in the middle, middle road who, who like is, that. Who are they? Who oh, is that? Yeah, you, REO Speedwagon. Yeah. yeah, I yeah I can't remember. So you think actually. it was Wham? Do you? I think it was Wham. Yeah. Which one? I'm well, your, I'm I your man. <laughs> Probably. Wake me up. <laughs> Club Tropicana. Wow. Careless Whisper. Yeah, very good. I know them yeah, all. That's, that's four. Yeah. I want to know next week. Yeah. I don't want this okay, kind of... I'll, I'll it, phone my mum. I don't want this. It might be warm. I want to, I want to know next week because mm-hmm. I think it's worse than that. And that's it for the preview show. Make sure you come back next week to It's All Kicking Off, where we will be reviewing the first weekend of Premier League action. If you're listening to the show, make sure you go to wherever you get your podcasts. If you're watching, it's YouTube or Mail Online. And you can also download the Mail Plus app for all kinds of extra content. Thanks for being with us this time. I'm Ian Ladyman. That chap sitting to my left is Chris Sutton. It's all kicking off. 
Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/trip for free shipping and 365 day returns.